position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 348 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Friday the 25th. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Structural accidents occurring. (coughs) Recorded for you on this Friday the 25th of June 2021 at 2028 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Left coast coast with the most crack engineer ever, Molina. Holding up the whiskey sign. If I had I bought. Mm. It would of course make it for our sequel friends 2021 0625 2028. Mm. Good whiskey. Alright, well we're gonna make a we're we're gonna make this a short We're gonna make this a short Wow! Whoa! We're gonna make this a short show tonight. The wire is wound around the wheel, motherfuckers. Short show tonight. Um, so let's get straight to our top stories. My God, is everything a tongue twister? I blame you for this, Ivor, and you're fired. You're fired, Ivor. You're fired. So, top stories right now. Right now. Ah, yes, future. Future date. Kitlaw predicts. Dilute, dilute. Um, right now the Steam Summer Sale. Oh my God! <laughs> right now the Steam Summer Sale sucks this year, but it is going on now through July eighth. And our feature this week is a bunch of deals that we've harvested out of. I know. I, I spent three hours coming through the deals last night, but I was really stoned. And I didn't write anything down. I just bought a bunch of games. Uh, actually, I didn't buy that many games. Um, but anyway, the Steam Summer Sale might suck, but our list... This is going to be list one of two, I think, because next week the Summer Sale ends on the 8th, July 8th. 
So that means we'll have one more episode of the show before the sale is completely over. So if anything like crops up between uh, this week's episode and next week's episode, we'll be able to cover it next week. So if only, well, let's see what, two, four, six, seven. We have seven deals for you this week, and I tried to cover every type of game, but specifically focused around unbelievable deals. We have one game on this list that uh, almost never goes on sale. Like, ever. I don't think I've ever seen it on sale. And then we have two unbelievable AAA fighting titles, an unbelievable space shooter, an unbelievable first-person shooter, uh, and an unbelievable side-scrolling shooter, almost all of which are under $10. Um, Each one of these games... Well, okay... Let's see. So that's seven games. Seven games. Let, let me. I'm going to count the ones on this list that you could not play for a full month. Um, if you just played, you know, ten hours a day. One, two. So two out of seven is not bad. And the only reason there's two is that one of the ones was included in the you probably couldn't play it for a month because I have not played it yet for a month anyway that's our feature for this week but before we get to that I want to do some uh, other top stories congratulations Derek Chauvin for killing George Floyd you will now be in prison until you're 67 years old I know it's not the maximum, but when you think about it, the maximum was 40 years. He's a first-time offender, so that knocks off 10. That takes down to 30 years. Or no, no, no. With all uh, considerations or whatever, it took him down to 10 to 12 years. The judge just doubled that, basically. I know it's not the maximum sentence, I know it's you know I know that it's a tragedy that someone has to die and that we have to be appreciative of you know this type of remedial punishment 22 years though is no laughing matter he's 45 right now he will be 67 by the time he gets out uh maybe 63, maybe 62, with good behavior or whatever. Fuck that guy. And fuck his, fuck his mom, too. I mean, I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't... I mean, his mom is a desperate woman and blah, but, like, this guy wouldn't give an allocution on his own, but he'll fucking let his mom speak for him. And these people, you're talking to people who lost their fucking brother, their son their friend and you're saying oh but if you sentence him you're sentencing me well you fucked up as a parent evidently I don't know but that was particularly disgusting and then the worst part of the whole fucking thing was seeing Derek seeing Chauvin finally take off his little fucking mask Which you've been stoically staring disinterestedly, condescendingly being a Tucker fucker Tarlson kind of concerted effort to count the turds as he shits kind of confused disgust slash disdain kind of expression frozen on his fucking forebrows which is not a word but I just made it up. Um, Finally he takes the mic and he says my condolences to the Floyd family. I I I gotta I gotta call this out because I, I texted Jeff in front of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, the second I saw that, I was like, Jeff, long before if you or I had been chauvin, we've been a cop and we killed this person. Long before we ever went to trial or there was any any sort of question about sentencing or anything like that, we would have been on our knees beside ourselves 
begging for forgiveness. You know, I'm sorry. I let I I, I lost my mind that day. I was I was tired. The adrenaline was pumping, and I was just trying to maintain control. And it, I I do anything to take it back. You know what I mean? The things that normal human beings say when they do something very bad that they regret. Like to extend my condolences to the Floyd family. Implicit in that is my condolences that your son died, not my condolences that I killed him. So fuck these guys. 22 years. Fucking, we'll see you in 22 years. I probably won't. Probably won't be around, but. Mm. Enjoy prison. Enjoy prison, you condescending fucking sociopathic monster and I think that this was a blow I th- I think that you know I know that um, a lot of people in the black community are not super pleased that he that he didn't get the maximum but he was never going to get the maximum and he was a first time offender and if you look at the if you look at the um, the sentencing guidelines, he got almost double the sentencing guidelines. After, you know, you knock off all the other shit that, you know, would reduce a sentence, the judge is like, okay, fine, we'll take that into account. And then I'm going to double that number. So, fuck you, Derek Chauvin. I hope we never see the likes of you again, and I hope that fucking police take this as a message to stop killing fucking people. And of all the most moving things that I saw today, I mean, the victim impact testimonies were just fucking crushing. I mean, I started drinking at, like, not that that's unusual, I started drinking at like 10 o'clock in the morning, or whenever the fuck that started. Because it was so, it was so brutal. But afterwards, uh, Crump and uh, Sharpton and uh, the Floyd family gave a press conference and one of the members of the Floyd family said that this was a start and maybe it'll be a wake up call to the police that fucking all lives matter you know black lives matter absolutely and we gotta stop killing black people we gotta stop killing all people though the police have gotta stop killing all people we're turning into a fucking fascist goddamn authoritarian society and that is no joke I don't know why I had to pause it out like that but it is no fucking joke and I mean I in you know these <laughs> this poor family it was it was horrible it was horrible I watched all of it it was horrible and I watched all of the trial too, and it was horrible. Mm. But now I hope that I know that everyone's like kind of dissatisfied that he didn't get you know five hundred years or whatever. He's not coming out of prison until his mom's dead, his parents are dead, and he's an old fucking man who I doubt will <coughs> ever be able. I told Jeff, I said, I texted Jeff, I was like, you know, I'm thinking that this is before the verdict came down. I was like, you know, I'm thinking that he needs a long time out to think about things. This guy, this condescending fucking sociopath, stood there grinning fucking 10 minutes, broad daylight, like he was. He, uh, King Kong ain't got shit on me. How tall is King Kong, as they tell you in The Stuntman? Four feet, three inches. I just wish that (sighs) I wish that none of this had happened. Anyway, so back back to Linux and the world of gaming. I'm sorry, that just all came on me really fast. I, I've been thinking about it all day and I haven't talked to anybody about it and that's those are my thoughts. Um, it was a hard way to wake 
I, I, I was up at uh, 8 o'clock this morning. I was sitting well, 7 o'clock. I was like working by 8, you know, pseudo functional at 8. And the second they started doing the victim impact statements, I was like, oh man, I can't, I can't handle this. So out comes the bottle. Cheers. Mm. So now we revisit, as we mentioned last week, we were having problems with time shift. I figured out the problem that I was having with time shift and it exposes an ugly weakness in time shift that I just want to case like you're a Linux user and you don't want to you're not, you know, regular regular expression uh, familiar, literate whatever right? <laughs> old fashioned hobby of mine regular expressions and escape sequences via various different <laughs> various different pieces of software and bash, but um I figured out what my problem with Time Shift was. And this is going to be a short show. Famous last words, we're going to be in a Christmas. We'll never, we're never escaping. My problem with Time Shift was this. So I, I as I intimated last week, uh, I threw in, during the, the troubles, I threw in a uh, one terabyte uh, SSD on which my operating system lives. And I, you know, partitioned it such that, you know, it's like got, it's got a ridiculous amount for the for the operating system. It's got like fucking 300 gigabytes or something like that. Uh, and then the rest of that was some of that swap. So there's like another 60 gigabytes that swap. And the rest of it more or less went to a time shift partition. Every time I would go to do time shift, here's the initial problem. Every time I would go to do time shift, it would, and I'm trying to only get system files. And just from my root, not my home. This was the initial prompt. Now I have it set up so that it gets everything from my root my and my home in terms of hidden files. And it does do a complete system backup of the root partition. So anything changes in there, that gets changed. But it's all incremental because it all uses rsync. But here's what's fucked up that they don't tell you. If you have problems with time shift, like time shift takes like 12,000 hours, that means it's trying to create like a huge amount of shit on your backup drive, your backup partition. You should cancel that. You need to go to your filters. And here's what's fucked up about this. You have to go to your filters and the filters each run as a separate they don't run as a separate they run as an ordered rsync command so while that filter screen looks logical like let's say okay so one of the first problems I started to see was that it was backing up I can't remember because this took about like five extra hours to figure out and I had to reboot and keep wiping the drive because I didn't want all of this extra shit because it's eating up all the the space on that partition. I don't have to keep, you know, wiping the the operating system or anything. I just had to keep wiping the time shift drive because it wouldn't ever let go of because it's an incremental backup system. That's what rsync does. It takes incremental snapshots. It looks for the changes. It looks for the diff in all the files that it's indexed and you know if anything's changed, that's all that gets saved. So that way you can step back and forward. Well, you can't step forward in time. Um, but you can... But if you step backward in time, then you can step forward in time to another time shift if you wanted to. The bottom line is this. If you find that it's backing up all sorts of shit that you don't want it to, if it's not, if it doesn't seem responsive to your filters that you add, that's the bottom line. So my recommendation is this. You want to back up all of your system files. You want to back up your entire route. You want to take an image of that, and that will be there for forever. 
Then you want to take images of everything that's changed on that on that partition. That's fine. That's fairly easy. Then after you get and I'm going to talk about an exception about that in a moment. Then after you get that running, then you want it to start capturing the hidden files in your home directory. That's where you will run into problems invariably. I ran into problems initially with just the root because for some reason the ZFS array is somewhere in root. And anytime I added a filter to exclude the name of my my ZFS array, which is 32 terabytes, so it's 16 terabytes. (laughs) 16 terabytes. Um, It needs like a lot of terabytes of space to back those up. Even, you know, anyway. I added a filter to exclude the name of that my ZFS array is The Beast. It's just called Beast. So, you know, forward slash, well, there's no such thing as a forward slash, it's just slash. Slash Beast slash um, asterisk asterisk should exclude everything on Beast, but that when you add a rule, it gets added to the bottom of the pile. And that means it'll execute all the other commands that are above it before it excludes anything, which is counterintuitive on many, many different levels, especially if you're an expert user at rsync, like yours truly. Because, anyway, and it's not documented that that's how it works. So, if you, like me, by the time you start trying to back up all the hidden files in your home folder if you haven't grokked this if you haven't fucking incorporated this realization into your worldview you're gonna have to restart from a live seed, uh, a live you know, a, a live install of Linux, wipe that partition, because it, then you have to start the process over again, so this is hence the, it taking five hours and then you have to watch for what directories it's actually backing up, because the summary is not accurate, and you have to shift the rules, you have to move, like, the the stuff that you want to exclude from the stuff that you want to include, you have to move those rules towards the top, but underneath, you know, the, the stuff that you want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, eventually, so, because and because my home folder is fucking four terabytes... There's a lot of shit in there and a lot of uh, hidden files, a lot of dot, you know, stuff. And so I had to manually create a list of stuff that I wanted to exclude while checking in the terminal. And then, bam, I'm out of hard drive space on that partition. And TimeShift does not ever relinquish any of that hard drive space for numerous buggy, fucking stupid, beyond all conception reasoning blah blah blah, it's like, okay, if you want to you know, if you're going to fuck me, at least pull my hair, but it's okay it's good if you're really stupid but it's great if you take the five hours to really set up a good time shift rsync, you don't have to even deal with cron anymore, all of my rsync scripts were done with cron um cron would call my rsync scripts which would then evaluate, you know, what the fuck needed to be done. But I never came up with the idea of just backing up system files. Uh, Because I'm an idiot, evidently. So anyway, once you get this tuned, here's the big big deal about time shift. Once you get this tuned to where it's, like, excluding all of, like, you know, your actual data and stuff, and I don't need it to fucking capture my actual data, because that happens... uh, my actual backups for my data occur via a cron script that go to that fires ZFS to back up my home folder. I mean, cron scripts that go through rsync that back up my home folder to my ZFS array. Um, so that's where my data goes. It's one of the reasons why I have this array. I forgot my point. Oh yeah, but I never thought of backing up my system. Just just the system. Because that means you can replace it in place. 
And so if you get everything that you need, if you capture everything that you need from your home folder, between your root and your, your home partition, zuh, <coughs> you should have every piece of software and every configuration for and every save state for all of your whole system right there in place. I've yet to try to restore it. But blah. In the meanwhile, in the meantime, though, because it doesn't ever relinquish any of the space, no matter how much you delete the backups, it makes it a big pain in the ass because you have to write down all the rules that you want, that you think you want, then you have to watch it while it backs, while, while it tries to sync again after you've, you know, repart- after you've f- reformatted the time shift partition. And this is just one way of doing it. But the cool thing is a partition right now I have it like set to like almost the same sequence as my uh, ZFS snapshots are of my home folder which have saved my life um, and I, there's no way I'm well uh, a, dr- a drive failure in the near future on my home folder would make me repartition my home folders ButterFS and then restore the shit, my, my home folder from the ZFS array onto the ButterFS array, at which point I could at that point just use ButterFS to do snapshotting the way ZFS does, but that's a different story bottom line is this getting this tuned correctly, now it takes six seconds and like under I have so many fucking time shifts now after, you know, two days of having this set up. And don't worry, next week I will still have the same number of time shifts. Because it it's a rolling uh it's a rolling backup of not of my data, not of like my personal home data, but of my actual system and its configuration. And this is why it's important to tune time shift to only get those things that you need instead of your data first of all because if you restore if, if you know something breaks goes crunch bang on your system and you restore you know from your, your time shift and you have home folder data like you know you have like you know your great American novel and you worked 48 hours on it and you only have a time shift from two days ago you're going to lose all that data you don't want to you don't want that you want to have a separate... You, that's called a backup. What you want is a fucking snapshot of the system, which you can't do with ext 4 And so, if you tune it right, and you have to pay attention to the... It, there's so many things that are wrong with time shift in terms of like, you really have to be an expert at R-Sync to really get time shift... to get your money's worth out of time shift or just a completely average user can get their money's worth out of time shift. It is fucking awesome, though. You won't have to fucking deal with cron, you won't have to deal with rsync, you won't have to deal with any of the syntax, you won't have to deal with, you know, blah, but if you have significantly uh, idiosyncratic requirements for time shift, then what you have to do is you have to measure the amount of the size of the backup after the first snapshot you want to make sure that it's just getting what it needs not sucking up all the files in the world because one that's inefficient for performance incredibly inefficient for performance the more files that are in the rsync fucking you know check queue or whatever the slower it's going to go more or less because it just md5 sums everything. I think that's how it works. Um, and then diffs it all like in real time, more or less. I might I might be wrong with that, but I've had a lot to drink tonight. The bottom line is, though, let's say your first snapshot is, you know, 30 gigabytes. Okay. Then you add in your home folder, and it's 400 and then it then time shift will continuously tell you that you don't have enough space to create another time shift and then time shift is useless until 
you actually go and reformat that partition. And then you have to clarify the rules. And so it's this iterative process that should not be an iterative process. And there is no easy way to do this. In TimeShift, what I ended up doing was uh, looking at uh, disk usage in a separate terminal window while I ran the GUI in another monitor. Um, Because what you want to do is you want to have it tuned to where the second time shot, the second snapshot of your system, once you include your home folder, uh, hidden configuration files only and stuff, doesn't sweep up like all of your Steam games and shit. But it can be a lot of different other things because there's a lot of giant hidden files and configuration shit that you probably don't want if you're restoring from a backup. More importantly, it's stuff that you don't want rsync to even have to think about or look at when it's creating its next snapshot. If you want to trust it with automated periodic snapshots, like I have it, I have it keeping five for every hour. Um, keeps the last five hourly snapshots that it does, and then it rolls over. Uh, keeps five every day. It keeps ten every boot. So if all of these were 30 gigabytes, that would be a tragedy. But they're not all 30 gigabytes. Once you tune it, you have it, let's say, I think my, uh, I could check right now, but I'm not going to. Ivor, you're fired! Oh, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. DUSBMA here. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. No, I don't want you to look at the EFI. So, here we go. Oh, fuck you. Free. Dev SP um, uh, I don't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. I don't remember uh B SDV one. Mm. But my my footprint for the entire install for my root is like eighteen gigabytes. Out of a potential three hundred and whatever gigabytes. But it's only eighteen. Then there's like another 12 on top of that of like configuration files and shit that gets jammed in there from my home directory after it's tuned now after it's tuned my next time shift you know manual snapshot took 6 seconds and was of you know changed like 5 files that's it so that way you can afford to do, you can almost afford to do ButterFS style or ZFS style snapshotting. ZFS style snapshotting has saved my life numerous times. I have ZFS snapshotting set to five minute increments because there's no performance overhead. RSync, however, has significant performance overhead. It actually has to look at the files and, you know, figure out what the fuck take six seconds and each one of those additional backups let's say one of them goes like crazy let's say I change my entire system and I add 15 gigabytes well when you have like all these rolling backups it's not just another let's say we add another 20 gigabytes it's not just another 20 gigabytes it's another 20 gigabytes per every one of those fucking rolling backups so that's the floor not the that, that's the ceiling, not the, the the size of your time shift is the well, it's the floor and the ceiling What the idea is that you want to have it get everything that you want it to have it get, but you don't want it to ha- pull in shit that it doesn't need it won't copy the stuff that it doesn't need endlessly, because it's rsync 
It only records the differences between things. But performance-wise, like it has to go through four hundred thousand files as opposed to if it, I mean, sorry if, it's, if it has to go through forty million files as opposed to four hundred thousand files, that is going to make your game slow down. You know, at all times, and it's it'll end up that time shift is like running on top, trying to run on top of itself, and uh, you know other fucking performance problems, and it will eat up all your hard drive space. The biggest problem that I can see with time shift is that it doesn't ever give you any introspection into. There's no dry run for time shift, and then there is no relinquishing of space for time shift. The other major thing that separates time shift from straight up R sync is it doesn't let you R sync across network devices or across you know uh, network connections, outside connections. That's what R sync was designed to do initially. Um, I know a lot about R. I, I love R sync. R sync is R sync for the last twelve years has been my backup more or less my backup solution anyway we've got it all solved so now, like right now, like there could be an R-Sync going on, it's not going to affect the performance of this computer at all and by the time I even notice, like if I were staring at nothing other than the hard drive indicator light it would be done it would look like a blip on the hard drive indicator light and it's doing it a lot. It's doing a lot. And then all of those backups, they get rolled over. It only keeps, you know, the last five. So, last, you know, first in, first out. Done. But you have to have the overhead, not just for your system, but for your hard drive to be able to support all of those backup images. And there you go. That's the conclusion of time shift, which, by the way, as a uh, friend of the show, Splinter, helpfully notified me earlier this week, there's a new version of the NVIDIA drivers. It's a beta, though, so it doesn't count. But I can fuck with it now without any fear of losing all of my configuration, all my... all the software that I've installed, all, like my LAMP stack my development environments um, which I do back up I do have them back up I do have them get backed up by time shift because it's easier that way and I just don't want to lose them um, but that's it in terms of like personal data and shit like it doesn't back up my music or my you know blah so I can just theoretically I can pave over this system with itself from an hour ago it only keeps two hours, from two hours ago, or no, the default is two I have it set to five, I can go back five hours because I do a lot of this, these days it seems like I'm fucking tortured by this shit, alright so, my days gone addiction is gone, completely out of control, I'm like 70, I'm at the end of the game I think, 73 hours, 72 and a half hours and I can't wait until the end of this podcast so I can go play it some more. Finally, in our top stories, Nova Drift, one of my favorite games ever covered on the show. I finally broke my high score out of 453.4 hours. I broke my high score this morning, 1.2 million, which lands me, I think, just on the next page after the last page that it'll show you of the leaderboards don't worry motherfuckers I'm coming for you prior to this though my high score was 980 thousand points or whatever it took 40 minutes to get there um I finally broke my fucking high score and I know how to do it again and again and again and again and again Game's still in early access. Jeffrey Nielsen is eyes, mouth shut on this as he moves back to the United States or moves to the United States. Um, but yeah, Nova Drift. Phenomenal! 452. I finally beat my, <laughs> my high score and I'm gonna die. Now then, Ivor. What? 
Holy shit! Ivor, take us to the features! Because we don't have seven games, we have eight games. Holy fuck! To the Batmobile! Who do you think? Oh. My. God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Alright, so our feature this week, as previously intimated, are this bunch of deals that uh, I've harvested for you. These are all of these games are good for at least if not one year plus at least one month of fucking 10 hours a day play for the most part. There's one in here that's super cheap that is just a game that you don't want to miss because it's 20 bucks otherwise. Anyway, we'll bang it out. Here we go. Here's the list. Dead Cells. I am Dungeon Scum. That is all I really am. Yeah, I am Dungeon Scum. That is all I really am. Dead Cells never goes on sale. It is uh, procedurally generated Castlevania Symphony of the Night with um, rogue like, it's a, it's a rogue game. You die constantly. You are Dungeon Scum. It's one of my favorite games that has ever been made available not just on Steam, but on Flatpak on Steam, on Linux, period Dead Cells right now through all of these deals and July 8th um, Dead Cells right now is 40% off, this game never goes on sale $14.99 great game another great game, Nova Drift if you've never played Nova Drift Nova Drift is asteroids in a procedurally generated roguelike where you upgrade your ship continuously against endless uh, waves of uh, biomechanical cellular-sized enemies, um, including bosses. It's still in early access. It's been in development for five years now. I think they've crossed the five-year mark. Um, It's one of the finest games I've ever played in my entire life. Nova Drift is 45% off at $8.24 through July 8th. Then we have two fighting games, two AAA awesome fighting masterpieces. In fact, I would argue that these are the two finest fighting games available, although there are arguments to be made for Mortal Kombat 11 and for... So you can give several... Injustice is a game that I... Injustice and Injustice 2, those are on sale as well, but I've limited myself to these two. Tekken 7, included here because it's at 85% off at $5.99. That is the cost of a pack of cigarettes for Tekken 7. Soul Calibur 6. The legend, the soul still burns. The second stage of history is harder than the first. Soul Calibur 6. 85% off at $8.99 through July 8th. Then, um, a shooter that I didn't get to play the last time it was on Super Sale, and then I ended up having to buy it for my Switch when it was... It wasn't on Super Sale for the Switch. I have I have it licenses for... You have to buy this fucking game. Do you like space... Scrolling space shooters? Do you? At all? Do you have any interest in them at all? At all? Did you ever... If you answered yes to any of those questions and more. Crimson Clover. Charlie, uh, okay, hang on. Is it Charlie? Alpha Bravo, yeah, Charlie. Uh, Crimson Romeo, India, Mike, uh, Zebra, Zulu, whatever. Um, oh, Christ, what's O? My NATO phonetic alphabet is falling into disrepair. C-R-I-M-Z-O-N space Charlie Lima It's not October, but whatever. Uh, What's V? Oh man, I'm losing my shit. C-L-O-V-E-R space World Ignition Deluxe. 
75% off, $3.49. Now through July 8th, it is one of the most intense space shooters. It is so good. It is like a cross between Psycho Bullet Hell, the likes of which we all remember, some of us with more fondness, others with more chagrin and shame and distaste. Personally, I remember Psycho fondly. Crimson Clover World Ignition Deluxe is phenomenal. It will blow your eyeballs out of your skull. It is 75% off at $3.49 now through July 8th. It might be the best traditional scrolling spaceship shooter available on Linux now. I I mean that. Because it's not impossible and the difficulty scales to your playstyle and your ability and it's a big game and the carnage is bewildering, fantastic and is phenomenal when you're stoned. It fits like a glove when you're stoned. Now, a game that everyone thinks that I hated, and I hate the ending of this game, go back and find the uh, episode where I spent two hours, literally two whole fucking hours, a whole episode, talking about the ending of this game. Which I hated. I hated the ending of this game. But the game itself, one of the best games I've played in the last five years, Far Cry 5 Standard Edition, which runs great on Linux, or at least it did last time I beat it on Linux. Far Cry 5 Standard Edition is 85% off at $8.99 through July 8th. I spent easily six weeks playing Far Cry 5. I was big into fishing. What do you want? Then, this is the one game that's like super new on to me on this list. It's called Foregone. F-O-R-E-G-O-N-E. You play a super hot sword wielding um pistol packing bitch in a post-apocalyptic uh side-scrolling castle Metroidvania kind of I, I sorry, I don't like using that word. RPG action platformer that is not pixel trash, it's just pixelated. It's beautiful art, beautiful environments. Uh, it reminds me, uh, reminded me a little bit of, um, uh, what was it called? Um, we featured it a couple of weeks ago. I have to pee. We gotta get done with this show before I die! Damn it! Narita Boy? What the fuck was it called? Oh, shit. Ivor, you're fired. Narita Boy. It's like Narita Boy, but way prettier. With, um, an inventory-based upgrade system. Like, you don't actually have skills, you have weapons. But you have two different types of weapons, and you do have skills. And those can be, everything can be upgraded. But you can also, it's a loot crawler. Um, and it, it's gorgeous. The story, I don't even fucking understand, but it's awesome. Foregone, F-O-R-E-G-O-N-E, is 50% off now, $9.99 through July 8th, runs great on Linux. Then, finally, a game I picked up just this afternoon, and I've not had a chance to play, but I did play the living fuck out of its predecessor, the sequel to Bomber Crew, Space Crew, where you take on a space shuttle and the crew thereof into ostensibly outer space, 40% off, $11.99 now through July 8th. That's our show. I will catch you next week when we will have Hooker Crook, my review of Days Gone, which has been spectacular. Oh, and in terms of honorable mentions, um, there's one other game that if you if Days Gone is too extreme for your system requirements or for your emotional issues, I don't know. The game makes me cry every time I boot it up and it is so fucked up, it's ridiculous. 
game from March 13th, 2020, State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition is 35% off now through July 8th at uh, at $19.49. But you can get the you can get the first game and the second game as a bundle for Oh shit, it's not going to show me cuz I got it last night. That's I haven't played them yet, but there you go. I'll catch you next week. That'll do it. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.